It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Happy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind And if you're not really here, then I don't want to be either. I want to be next to you. Black and gold, black and gold, black and gold. I love a bit of gold. <laughs> Kevin Morosky's probably listening to that being like, yeah, girl, we fucking know. How many gold shoes can one person have? Don't stop me now. I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sorry. <laughs> that was also the wrong pitch. But who cares? Who cares? The world is up in flames. Don't worry about my 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 note changes. Let me live my life. Wow. I feel like I look cute today. Um, Another Sunday, another self-tape, another outfit from Cos. Um, this is my navy blue dungarees You might have seen this before It's so cute You know I love a one piece I'm obsessed with cat suits, jumpsuits, play suits Like just one, just one, just one, all in one Like I just want to be a giant baby Like no, no, actually <laughs> take that back Because I know that that's some people's kink stuff And I'm not kink shaming I, I, I don't want to be a giant baby that's not what I meant. Anyway, you're like, who is doing all of this talking? It is me, Kelechi, in the babiest of places to be. And you are listening to SYM. Officially known as Say Your Mind. Unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. And we, I'm trying to like position myself. Oh, oh do I want to be the other? No, I want to be this way. Yeah. I was trying to position myself, but now I feel better about it. What a week. What like? I literally cussed out Suella Braverman, Braverman, whatever you want to call her, a bummer clerk. I cussed her like Sunday, Monday morning. <laughs> home girl's gone. She's not my home girl, but home secretary girl is gone. Right? Um, gone. There's a thousand words that I could say to tell you fuck off. Yeah. Seems so long ago, pretty went away with her eyebrows and all. Wow, my notes are all over the place. God help me, because those lyrics were slapping. Man, what's wrong? Anyway, by the time this comes out, I should be headed to Nigeria for the Ake Festival. That's A-K-E Festival. It's the annual book festival in Lagos, Nigeria. My hometown, bop, 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 bop. Um, it's a fantastic chance to touch down on the motherland as well as check on the, you know, children's home. I'm so excited to show you the progress that's been made. I can't believe, you know, we've gotten to here. Started what, February 2022? Feb 2022. Well, started before that, but announced it February 2022. Now February 2021. What am I talking about? Why am I timeline jumping? I think I'm glitching. Started it February, February. God, what's happening to me? Bear with me. I started it or announced it February 2022. We're now 
past February 2023, we're in um, essentially, what is it, end of November um, 2023, and the majority of the works are done. I had to send a bit of money like last week to get the paint done, like to have the outside, well, to have the interior and exterior painted. And it's been a major sacrifice, you know, because there were many more cute looks that I could have potentially dropped. I could have like saved to like buy somewhere like at home, but was putting money towards all of this. But it's worth it because if you're going to be of service, like be of service properly in it. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the home that it will, that this place, Child of Light will provide to the little children. I'm really excited for that. Oh yeah, it's been a time. It's been a time. Um, yeah, so I'll be in Nigeria and then so I don't know. I, I hope to have some kind of episode out next week, Monday, but because I wouldn't be back yet, I don't know what that's gonna look like. So I might just drop a young interview. You might not get an intro for me. It might just be a young interview, but I don't want to speak too soon. It might just be okay. Well, it won't be. I'm lying. We'll see. We'll see. Nigeria is a place of many possibilities. Um, so we'll see. Africa is my motherland. Nigeria is my country. Hey. Yeah, can't wait. Anyway, I've done what did I do this week that was cute? I think I did lots of things. Was I cussing last week? I can't remember. Maybe I cussed last week. I think I did. Um, what have I done? It's been very a busy time. Um, I watched something, but I'll talk to you about that later. I went on to represent radio to hang out with Anea. That was really, really cool being on her, um, the show that she was covering. And we went through my top 10 throwback hits. Um, or my top 10 throwbacks that I chose And that was super fun I chose some really great songs I don't want a fly guy I just want a shy guy Yeah, that's what I want, yeah Big tune, big tune um, And I took part in a chat About Stamped from the Beginning It should be out today I could be wrong but check it out on Netflix, Stamped from the Beginning. It kind of covers the history of blackness. But I will caveat that by saying covers the history of blackness from a black American perspective. Yeah. Um, so very, very interesting watch. It's based on a book by uh, Dr. Ibra- Ibrim Kendi, Ibrim X. Kendi. So, yeah, check it out. Um, and then I was on a panel talking about, well, yeah, it was um, the intersections of the intersectionality of black uh Blackness and mental health. It was interesting. That was hosted by Eventbrite. Interesting. Um, so, but yeah, did that. And what else? Yeah, it's just been a busy time of like doing more home duties, but I just thought I'd fill you in on that. I had new headshots done for the newest thing that's coming to the baby universe, to my universe, to my world. I had some shots done for that. <laughs> shots. Um, but you'll hear about that later. Yeah, you'll hear about that later. But it was um, the photos were taken by Severine, who who you know is a baby girl, beautiful actress, photographer, like musician, singer. She's just wonderful. So yeah, I look forward to getting those. I think that's it in terms of those things. But the most exciting, the most beautiful thing I actually did in the last week 
I went to a class, um, a Kintsugi class, uh, sorry, a Kintsugi class. And so if you're like, what's that? Some of you already know if you're Japanese or otherwise, but you just have worldly knowledge. Anyway, it says here, Kintsugi is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with lacquer mixed with powdered gold. Also a, uh, a philosophy the breakage represents the most vulnerable points in our lives. The repairs are highlighted rather than disguised to signify strength and healing. They are a metaphor for embracing struggle as a path towards character building. This philosophy, which comes from a Buddhist background, has helped many people feel fulfilled in life. Um, we hope this gift reflects your inner soul and is a proud projection of yourself. Um that was by so I the the place that I went to was in Deptford. I said went to. I was taken there. Uh, it was in Deptford. It was so wonderful. Like I couldn't think of anything more me. You know, like more like it was so me. I would. It was even competing with me at being more me than I am than being more me than me. It was just so wonderful because life isn't about ignoring the points where we're fractured. It's about healing those points and adding you know sparkle to them you know I love a sparkle and I was talking about gold earlier this is why um so let me show you my one well if you're listening to this you can't see my one but I made a little bowl let me just get that into the light I made a little bowl and it's blue well I didn't make the bowl the bowl was already made and then you get to break the bowl with a hammer but they tell you how to do it so you do it carefully so you don't like smash up the the entire thing. You don't want too many pieces because they wanted us to just break our um like our bowls into four pieces. That way it's easier to put together and to time. Um, but you can have much, much smaller, very, very intricate designs where it's broken into much smaller pieces, but that'll take you hours to do into or days, even sometimes months to put back together. But I just loved it because this bowl is a beautiful representation, I feel, of me. And one of my favorite, well, yeah, one of my favorite colors is blue. So being able to put that together with gold, break it and then put it back together with gold and with lacquer, with gold sprinkled all over it was just a beautiful experience. So I don't know because you can't eat out of these bowls. Can't do much with them. So I will put my charms in here and place them on the table because I've been doing tarot readings with, you know, using charms now. I like them. I've bought quite a few. So I'm going to bring them back to the office and I'm going to put my charms in here um, as I'm doing my readings. So that'll be a beautiful use for them to be in a place, in a space that I love dearly, doing what I love doing. It just fits perfectly. But if you were thinking of somewhere to go, um, with friends, with your boo, with a family member, I would highly recommend it. It's it's in Deptford, and I'd never been before. I didn't even know what I would be doing, what I'd be up to, but I really, really loved it. Like it was just so, so sick. Um, I'm just trying to bring up their page. I had it in my show notes, so I don't know why I'm moving mad. I literally put it in my show notes. Yeah, so they're called at Kinboru. So that's K I N B O R U underscore U K. Kilo, India, November, Bravo, Oscar, Romeo, Uniform, underscore, Uniform, Kilo. So Kinboru, under, um, underscore, UK. That's their Instagram page. It's run by a guy called Brandon. He's really lovely, super sweet. And it was a really fun class. Initially, when they were like, oh, it's going to be two hours. I don't know what it is with me, but hearing that something's going to be two hours, I'm like, oh, that is a long time. I like activities to be like an hour and I'm out. 
even when I go to watch films nowadays, like why is your film over one hour and 30 minutes long? Like why is a 90 minute film going on and on? Like, no, no. So yeah, when I heard two hours, I thought, wow, that's a long time. But actually it's not a long time at all because you, when you're using the epoxy, like the glue that's going to hold your thing together, you have to put it on and let it cure and then add the other piece, let that cure and then start slowly sprinkling um, your gold dust on it, your gold pigment on it. And then you've got to wait a little bit before you can brush more gold directly onto it. So it's a whole process, but I feel like that is even very, um, it's representative of life, isn't it? Like the healing is our healing happens in stages before we can add the glittery stuff, which is retrospect and hindsight and, and, um, joy. We've still got to wait for the curing process, literally for the cure to take hold, to feel that we're solid again, before we start adding the sparkles. Otherwise you're going to add the sparkles or you're going to try and add the sparkles and everything's going to fall to pieces because you didn't give things time to set. Set good like the ice in a freezer. No, sorry. Um, yeah, so that was really, really beautiful. So if you're looking for something to do, I highly recommend it. Tell Brandon I sent you because he'll probably be excited by that. Um, wow, I'm really giving skin today, but maybe the camera's out of focus, in which case, Jonathan, leave me alone. So yeah, I love that. Let's get into the things. Let me not talk too much because I need to go and get this boy. My, my, my massage was actually good because I think that was the last thing I talk, talked about last week. Yeah, the massage was good when they come to your flat and do it for you. I really enjoyed that. Let's get into the tarot letter that I chose. Do I have any announcements? No, no, no announcements. Uh, let's see. So here we go. Ibokwenu. Hey. Shedding skin and learning how to breathe easier. Dearest Kelechi, first off, what a light you are. I discovered Say Your Mind during COVID-19 and haven't looked back and looked back ever since. Your spirit, kindness and undeniable light and cleverness managed to soothe and inspire me the way the first warm rays of sunshine in late winter do. Wow, you are poetic. I love it. Though brief, um, every episode, I take a moment to welcome your warmth and I'm either enlivened immediately or reminded of revitalization coming my way. For that, I'll forever be grateful. I'm a 25-year-old black biracial queer woman from Rotterdam, the Netherlands. As a first-generation mentally ill student from below the poverty line, tough is too weak a descriptor for my navigation through white supremacist um, capitalist patriarchy in and outside of the walls of academia. I pour my heart into anti-colonial critical social sciences and I'm currently doing my master's. I'm also growing more comfortable with calling myself a poet. I knew it! And writer. See? Dreams, I chase them. I love that for you. I'm a Leo sun. Ooh, nice. Cancer moon. Ooh. And Sagittarius rising, who has been through a lot starting July 2022. The events that I've um, coined the rapture began when I broke up with my then partner of six and a half years. This was followed by two friendship breakups shortly after. In August, my mother, rest her soul, passed away at the young age of 53. Damn. Sorry about that. I'm sending you love. 
Her passing led to a reconnection with my estranged father and my five youngest siblings. Sadly, my family's wish to pay our respects and give my mother a beautiful farewell has led to financial insecurities of a depth I've never experienced. Starting in December, my father's health has also been deteriorating. I also decided to end a fast-paced, stereotypically gay whirlwind romance that started in April 2022, last January. Um, To avoid confusion about my romantic relationships overlap, I'm polyamorous. To top it off, a few weeks into January, I got my house broken into. I'm trying my hardest to be still and process rather than jumping back on the horse ASAP. I wouldn't be me if I didn't do some serious investigation into my behavior, feelings and thoughts. I now realize I had been reproducing patterns born from childhood traumas in these relationships. The first 17 years of my life were marked by poverty, neglect, abuse and and parentification to my severely mental ill mother. I was a fly on the wall in my family dynamic and and more than the child I should have been in relation to, um, to my mother. Everyone's hurts, traumas and the continuous pressure of survival in our immigrant household bled into our ability to love each other healthily. Ooh, that's a word. Forever in tune to my surroundings, others' needs, feelings and psyche, I hadn't noticed I had not learned to assert boundaries and truly process my own feelings. In all relationships that have come to an end, my understanding of and empathy towards the other party's shortcomings made me accept levels of toxicity that no one ever should. In hindsight, it is not surprising that as soon as I started to articulate my discomfort, the veils in these connections lifted, thus exposing the underlying imbalance and lack of integrity present. I was no longer the sunshine that deserved to be put on a pedestal or the strong black woman who could have ma- um, who could magically carry and process everyone's traumas, burdens and hurts, as well as my own. Suddenly, I was human. I'm trying to honour the depths of my intercepted cancer moon, my sociological and personal interest in ancestry, heritage and the intergenerational transmission of trauma, strength and culture led me to a path of learning Igbo cosmology. I quickly gravitated towards the water goddess, um, Oshimiri. Um, during my trip to the to Finland for my mother's funeral, I realized and hadn't before, her middle name is the name of the Finnish water goddess in Finnish cosmology. Coincidence? Think not, baby! That's what they wrote, and I love that. I'm also learning the act of discernment. For someone who is so quick to hold space for people and their problems, I've had to learn not to assume integrity in others the hard way and shed some of my happy-go-lucky, unassuming foolishness. You go um, on one date with a man and one year later, the motherfucker breaks into your house when you ask him whether he's been trying to coerce you into meeting up in person. The past year, because um, meeting up in person, the past year because he just wanted to cheat on his partner or under the guise of wanting to talk about his hurt feelings when I left that date earlier than um, he'd wished. I beg all, to all my people who date men, keep your eyes open for the men with meager grasp of pop psychology and mental health speak. But I digress. Actually, I'm going to read that again because I agree. I beg to all my people who date men. Keep your eyes open for the men with meager grasp of, uh, of pop psychology and mental health speak. But I digress. I've been, um, I've been praised and put on a pedestal for reasons that were detrimental to my mental and physical health for too long. I have over-identified with strife, strength and perseverance, leaving all more 
there is to me in the shadows. It is more to, um, what's it? It is time to pour into myself um, and pour into all that is soft now. Ridding myself of the tendency to exceed my boundaries and my trauma-informed motivation to heal, escape poverty and lift my family, uh, lift my family up. It's all been a process. It feels like I'm shedding skin. I'm struggling to know where to put all of that dead skin though. How to keep myself from carrying the weight along like I always have. I can't help but wish for reassurance or guidance from someone more experienced in the practice of connecting to spirituality. I feel I haven't found the stillness required to grasp tarot yet, um, just yet. I hope you and your family are in good health. Stay beautiful, warm and a baddie. Thank you. Thank you in advance. All love, protection and abundance sent your way. Thank you. Um, P.S. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Oh, you sent, did you send me another one? I think you sent me another email. Oh, oh, so that one was from June. When was this first one from? March. I'm so sorry. You sent me a message in, you sent me an email in March and then you sent me a, a, an email in June. Um, But I've read that. And so I feel like I'm just checking. I don't want to go all up into your business. Um, I knew a generator by human design as well. So yeah, thank you for sending the follow-up email. Your what the hell is that? You sent your chart through. That is one of the wildest charts I've ever seen in my life. Jesus Christ. Wow. Where does one even begin, Esther Perel? Wow. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna worry about your yeah, I'm not going to worry about your chart. I was curious whether you had something in Sagittarius. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sending that. But let's get to the tarot. How does one shed old skin? And I'm sorry for everything that you've been through. It sounds like just a lot, a lot of a lot. And um, yeah, I'm thankful that you want me to read for you. How does one go about shedding old skin um, and then carrying the weight of it? The thing is, if we look at a snake, the snakes don't carry the old skin with them. They just leave it where it's at. And I think that that's also like what we would need to remember as well. You, the whole point of shedding skin is not to carry it along with us, is to just like leave it. And, you, um, and I think you mentioned there as well about pulling off what's left. And you don't have to pull it off. Everything falls off naturally. Um, there's You can't rush this process. And I feel like that's what I've come to realize and to learn as well. People will message me whenever I'm talking, for instance, about what's happening in Palestine. And they'll be like, but didn't you do a twerk shop in Israel in 2017? How dare you? And I'm like, and they don't even say, how dare you? They say it in such a like a a snide way that it's just like, so you don't actually care about Palestinians. You just want to do a little gotcha on me. And whether it's burner account or not, like the incineration from the heavenly uh, deities will still find you and discombobulate your soul because it's all that you deserve, really. Um, some people don't want you to shed skin. They don't want you to do any of that they don't want you to learn they don't want you to go oh fucked up on that one i should have really really but how did you you know okay girl i heard you like get over it because we have to keep moving 
Like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. I'm here now and I'm doing it, aren't I? Meanwhile, you're here scrolling my page, looking for something to say. I say all of that because people, one of the weapons that people usually try to use on black women is shame. Even other black women, because I know that behind these burners are usually black women. Like it's shame that they focus on using. And you can't shame me for something I've already accepted about myself. I think it was Audrey Lord that said that. Um, like you can't use what I've accepted about myself to be like, I'm going to shame you over this. No, it doesn't work. Shame works on you. Like shame is the only currency you have because you, you lack everything else. You lack abundance, but you're abundant in shame. And that's sad. You know, it's really, really sad. Um, but getting onto this, this is why I've had to accept that sometimes you'll see a version of yourself. You'll be reminded of versions of yourself. And this is what I think we'll find also with the nodal, uh, return happening in Aries or the North node currently being in Aries that people will remind you of the, um, the parts that probably sting and what you'll be kind of wanting to do. Your first reaction will be to move to anger because Aries ruled by Mars, but I feel like you have to move into your energy where Libra is of just like life is about balance. Right. And I talked last week or a few weeks ago, whenever it was about Libra, not being a sign so much of balance as to being a sign of extremes and how you then have to find the balance over time. Um, so I, I feel like we need to move towards that direction and do not let in things like get to you. But let's see what the cards say for you, especially with your updated message. Oh, card has already flipped out. One second. Just switching cameras. So we've got the 10 of wands that comes out. Why have I got everything on this table? Oh, move that out of the way. Um, okay. You can tell this is such a no frills situation. I'm just talking along. So we've got the 10 of wands that comes out straight away. And so you're still carrying a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're still carrying a lot of burdens. And I think that this is what you were talking about, about the shedding of skin. So I, I love that we're in the energy straight away. Ten of wands. What are we being told about the ten of wands? Oh, okay. And then we've got the ace of pentacles. This is the thing. I like that the ace of pentacles came out in reverse here because the ace of pentacles is that big opportunity, that you know, that big gift that one gets, right? And the Ace of Pentacles comes out in reverse because you can't carry your blessings without, if you're trying to carry, you can't carry your new blessings if you're trying to carry old skin that you've shed, but you're insisting on taking along with you anyway. Because I think sometimes, especially with our trauma and things like that, when we start to move beyond them into a new identity, it can get scary because it's just like, oh, um, yeah, well, who am I without my trauma? Who am I without all of these things? So for instance, if it's like all you've ever known or one of your deepest fears, for instance, is like true intimacy in um, a relationship, fearing intimacy because you fear loss, then that means that when you start doing the work and you start actually moving towards in, um, relationships that can hold space for true intimacy, you're, the loss 
you know, you, you start thinking about the loss, I feel like a lot more like, oh, it's definitely possible now because when you start doing the healing, the thing that you were scared of will be presented to you and then it's seeing a way through it. Like, just getting all these cards and see what these messages are. It's so funny because even in my head, it feels confusing. So we've got the King of Pentacles. Um, sorry, we've got the King of Pentacles and the King of Swords that come out here. And I think that the reason that these cards come out in this way as well is I was talking about it on La La La, um, Let Me Explain um, podcast, where I was saying that like, if we if we don't do the work of healing, we'll only ever choose people who resemble our wounds. And this is why you can find yourself in um, a, a, a kind of repetitive cycle. So I've started watching this new series what, uh, called Unprisoned, UN Unprisoned, starring Kerry Washington. And what's his name? Del Lindo. You know, he's also in The Good Fight. He's so handsome. Um, I started watching that. And... She's a therapist in that And her dad has come out of prison After 17 years And so he was just You know Useless And whatever else And so she's Going through the process Of like Doing this stuff And being like I'm a therapist I know this And I know that But in her real life That's not what things Are really saying Um And we see her Be very human And go through The same things That she talks about Um And yeah I, I just find it Really really fascinating But there's a scene Where uh, you know uh, Many scenes actually When I was just looking at her No that's it there's, there's a scene where she says There's a reason why Partner and parent Partner and parent Are only one word apart Because however you were parented Even if you were parentified Which is what I was um, As you dear uh, listener Being parentified means That you're growing up And you have to be a parent Almost to your parent and so when you grow up or as you grow up and you start looking at romantic relationships, you start choosing people essentially that need parenting in some way. And so when you start growing out of that and um, healing and you potentially start moving towards people who don't need you per, like, per se to parent them, they're good, they're, they're, they're fine people. You have to find a new identity for yourself in relationships that aren't about subversive power and holding power over others. Um, you've got the page of wands here and the ace of wands that come out as well. And they both came out in reverse. It's hard to see a way forward if you don't want to let go of the things that are causing you pain. It's like, you know, for instance, that something is like burning your hand, but you don't want to release it. You, you have to release it If it's burning through your palm You have to release it And usually what that is That's our wounding That's our pain That's the trauma That we're like No I'm going to hold on to it Because at least it's familiar to me I know what it looks like I know what it feels like I don't want to let it go But you can't hold anything else While you're holding that So you have to You, you have to release it And polyamory is all well and good I love that The fates You've got number 17 I was just talking about 17 as well The fates You've got this little Beautiful angel woman That comes out Let's see what it says About number 17 uh, Here we go The serenity prayer Sums up the meaning Of this card God grant me the serenity To accept the things I cannot change The courage to change The things I can And the wisdom To know the difference There are things in life You will never have Control over 
the conditions brought on by the evolution of the collective, by nature and by your past experiences may be fated, preordained by spirit for a greater purpose you cannot understand in this lifetime. It may not be in your cards to understand why certain events occurred, but you can accept the mystery and work with what those events and your current circumstances have to teach you. This is the wisdom contained in the serenity prayer. Um, and then we've got here protection messages, what I'm going to jump to for you. It is difficult to understand why painful things happen to good people. Fate is a mystery after all. Yet what we do with our circumstances, the way in which we respond to life's challenges, is how we rise up to greet our destiny. Now is one of those times to be aware of your powerlessness to change certain situations and surrender to acceptance. Hang in there. Life will only get better. Act as if you believe that. For the only thing you can control right now is your attitude. When you align with the fates, being mindful of what you can and cannot change, serenity will come to you. And serenity, Serena, all of I find that such a beautiful name. But um, serenity is important to remember in this, especially when you're somebody that has to um, navigate your mental health um, kind of experiences as well whiling out and or over like focusing being preoccupied with things that you actually have no control over is gonna fuck you up like it it just will and that's something that I've really come to realize like if I feel like you know maybe something doesn't feel quite right or something isn't being clear or people are moving wild with me now I don't try to like really I'm trying more not to like really get into it with people I just kind of go okay cool that's fine you know it's not even that it's fine but I'm just not gonna start stressing and trying to, because essentially you're trying to get people to change you're trying to control people you're trying to control things and ultimately you can't so you just have to let things be what they are from the dickhead and recovery affirmation card deck you got regardless of what anyone thinks I owe them in this life I owe myself my authenticity and I love that card for you on top of the fates card and everything else that's come out because your authentic self is the one like like this bowl like this kintsugi bowl your authentic self is you with all of the scars all of the trauma you know that is you and you have to just not just but you there has to be a point where you kind of look at the cracks you look at all of the things and go this is me now like this is what I've got and this is where I'm going rather than like oh I'm just going to keep looking um, or I'll be ashamed that there are cracks in this And that's when you're scared to shed Where it's like oh I'm I'll have to admit that there was a point where I wasn't this But life is about growth Yeah maybe there are some people that just have it together And there are others who don't You know life has really thrown them some things And they've had to figure you know Figure themselves out along the way it's so weird because this is one of those readings where I'm very conscious of the fact that I don't even feel like I'm making all of the sense, but I always understand that this is a stream of consciousness and I'm just meant to say what I see as I see it. And, you know, for the person it's intended for, it will make all of the sense in the world. So everybody else, they'll be like, girl, girl, get it together. But ultimately that's it. Like if you want to move forward, if you want, not even just forward in that sense, in that directional sense, because nothing really is linear, but in the, on, on the path of healing, when you have shed skin, you have to grieve that process and let the skin stay where it's at and keep going. 
Otherwise, you're carrying dead skin with you. And when it's time to shed again, you'll carry that with you. When it's time to shed again, you'll carry that with you. So what was the fucking point of shedding then? If all you're going to do is carry the debris and carry the dead skin. Have you seen them people that like to wear them Birkenstocks and they don't scrub their heel back? They don't scrub their foot back. Can you see how all of that skin just gathers up there? Just gathers and crinkles and cracks. Is that what you want your soul to look like? Like a, the cracked heel back of an onyibo person? Please. <laughs> no. You want your soul, you want your heart to be smooth. To be smooth. Yeah, you want it to be smooth. So if you want it to be smooth, when the universe has scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed that hardness off your soul and off your, you know, off your higher self, when that has been done, leave the crust where it's at. Don't now try to do patch, patch and carry it along with you. That's dusty. It just makes me think of, can you keep up, baby boy, make me lose my breath. When they blow that, it looks like heel back when they blow that in the Destiny's Child video. <laughs> anyway, I hope that resonates with you, that tarot reading. If you want to book a tarot reading with me, just go, um, you can buy the one question tarot readings on my website. Or you can join us um, join us on Patreon. Patreon, FYI, will be ending in January so people can sign up to a membership on my website. So bear that in mind. So try and set it up so your last thing on Patreon with me is in January as we migrate to my website for February. So bear that. Yeah, like I said, bear that in mind. So you can get month ahead tarot readings um, where I send it to you on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor, or you can buy a one question tarot reading on kelechiokafor.com. Um, and I think that's about it. That's all that I do. Anyway, I've talked enough. Let's jump to Shea Your Magnificence. This week, I am talking with the amazing Adura Onashile, um, who is a, the writer and director of a new film coming out, new movie coming out on the 24th of November called Girl. It is so beautiful. Set in Glasgow, it's about a mother and a daughter, um, black mother and a daughter, and it's it's poignant. It's ah, uh, it's so heartfelt. Like you can see the heart that went into it. But I don't want to talk too much. There, um, I've already d- I did a Q and A with Adura for. The, like so basically there are places that you'll be able to watch the interview and you'll see this q a like this virtual q a with um myself and adura uh at the beginning of it or is it after it i don't know one of them but you'll be able to see that um so that's online somewhere and it'll be across cinemas as well the q a but this was the q a for the baby folk on sym so you can Get into it. Adura is so, so lovely. An actor, director, writer, baby girl, just mother, just everything, right? So I hope you enjoy the interview. Remember, it comes out, girl comes out on the 24th of November. Anyway, go and watch our chat. Catch you in a bit. Adura, baby girl. It is such a pleasure to be chatting with you. I'm... I'm just really excited because I love meeting multi-hyphenates. I love meeting creative souls. And that is what you are. Oh, thank you. It's amazing. It's an honor to be here. I'm like seriously fangirling at the moment. (laughs) So if you just see me staring at you and saying nothing, 
No, I've gone into the vortex of <laughs> Kaleshi appreciation and my mind and my body can't keep up with my mind. Okay, yes. <laughs> no, the Thank feeling. You. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. Like you're, you're just so, so amazing. And I thought that it would be good because you know what? We've already had a conversation about your movie, mm-hmm. your, your uh, yeah. movie feature, Girl. And so mm-hmm. our Q&A will be out in select cinemas. You know, the conversation that you and I have, that will be out there. But I thought for the baby people who don't want to carry last, who want to get involved with the kind of discussion that we have or the, you know, um, in that q and I thought it'd be great for us to have this chat here. And one of the things yeah. I wanted to start with, because I think it's such a beautiful aspect of who you are amongst so many other things is your name Adura Onoshile and Yoruba names I talk about nominative determinism all the time how much I love how our names carry blessings they carry uh, promises could you talk to us about your name prayer as in Adura prayer Onoshile the path opening up or the way being open so as you know we Yoruba girls get like 10 names it's like people can't make up their minds (laughs) So everybody gives you a name. You get born and it's like, eh, I want my own portion. <laughs> and uh, everybody, so I've got loads of names. Um, but my given name mm. was Victoria. Victoria, Yitzundi, Olashile. Yeah. So I was Victoria, Victoria. And I'll tell you, this is the weirdest thing. I had a dream. I was 17. I had a dream. And I, in the dream, somebody said to me, and I still don't know who this person was, but they were a benevolent force. Yeah. They were like, your name is Adura. Yeah. And they said it in English. They didn't say it in Yoruba. And they said it in English. And I woke up and I was like, yeah, it is. And I went and told my mom and she went over my dead body. <laughs> Nobody's called. <laughs> she, she, was, she was like, why, why would you want to call yourself that? You are already blessed. We, all, we already pray, pray for you. You don't need to have a tag on it. Mm. And I said, in the dream, it felt like somebody was saying to me, the name and my surname in combination was like a guiding, a guidance mm. for me. Yeah. And I think because I'd had quite a like, quite difficult coming up, you know what I mean? I think maybe in my teenage years, I just needed that name to feel like it was something I'd chosen for myself in a way where I was also decide- deciding my path, you know? Yes. And I left home soon afterwards anyway. So it was kind of like, I'm going to forge this path for myself. And yeah. in this path, I believe in being guided. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't even that deep. It just felt right. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Then, it just but, felt right. But you must see it now though. Like fam, your name is out there, out there. Like apart from being, you know, this actor, this playwright, this screenwriter, like your na- like when I see your name, I'm like, of course she's famous. Like, of course, like what, who, what else is that name meant for? If not fame or oh, packet of chin chin, because it'll bang as a chin chin packet as well. Like the name. <laughs> <laughs> You know someone's done it. You know it's out there already, right? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No, it's it's, oh, it's such sweet. a beautiful, blessed name because prayer does open paths. Prayer does move obstacles out of the way. Like it does do that. It does open portals. And you mentioned that your one of your names is Yetunde. So Yetunde, yeah. like your mother has returned. Yeah. So, so my grandmother died before I was born. Yeah. Both of them actually, and. Uh, yeah, so that's why. And that's the thing about our names. You know, it's like 
They are calling cards. They are guidances. They are, if somebody meets you and has never met you before, they've got context for you already. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's I think amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, like it's... we are walking, like we are embodiments of memories, you know? Yeah. So by understanding you're about knowing that your name's Yetunde, it's like, all right, so somebody's mother passed and then you, yeah. know, you, you return. They they believe that we return as them or Babatunde, like a father returns and things like that. Yeah. So even instantly you've got a basis for conversation. You've got a ba- it's so much more rich than where are you from? Where are you from from? Yeah, because this is the real. Where are you from? You know, what is your yeah. lineage? What is their story? Yeah. So and the in thing that is, sense, what is your story? Yeah. Well, what is my story? I think it's taken me a long time to grow into the name and to know what it really means. Because mm. there's there's also something about enjoying the idea of something, knowing that it's something that feels important, but actually feeling it and it being real to you, I think, takes some time. Do you know, just the way I think that there's a sort of cognitive dissonance that happens to us when we come up as black people and Nigerians in this culture, mm-hmm. there is a sort of disassociation that happens. And you, and in my case, I was in a boarding school in Eltham and I can remember the break happening in me. I'd come from Nigeria when I was 11. I was bullied. And I remember the break happening in me where, where I was like looking around my classroom at all the kids and I looked at who I thought was going to get on and who I thought wasn't, just by the way teachers treated them. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to act like those kids, those white middle-class kids, if I'm going to be treated seriously, if I'm not going to be bullied, if I'm going to be understood. Mm. And I think that making that decision at sort of 15, 16, up till now, Mm. has created a kind of like, yeah, a kind of discombobulation. And even though I feel like a lot of my work comes from my heart, Mm I feel like making that decision so early on has uh, affected so much of how I exist in this experience. So then Adura becomes, let's go back to the ancestors. Mm. What did they want for me? And I actually think, okay, the path I've taken is part of their guidance too, Mm. but I want to reclaim that. What does it mean to just like exist without worrying about (laughs) who opens doors for you and, Mm. um, you know, and whether you're achieving all the things that you want to achieve in society's eyes versus doing what you really want from your heart. I hope I'm not getting too, uh, yeah, but... This is the right show for it. This is the show where we're doing tarot and astrology. This is absolutely the right place to talk about all of this stuff. This is, That's this my is story. Yeah. My story is coming to terms with, with uh, uh, whether that's familial, whether that's societal, it's coming to terms with you know, being told that you were not okay the way you were in whatever Mm. form that is. And my life has been coming to terms with that. And when I make art, it's because I'm fighting to be myself and to be seen and to be realized in this environment, but also internally as well. That's why I make art. And I'm not always successful, but even if I move an inch closer each time, then I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. Absolutely, yeah. because they're all learnings, aren't they? Even the things that yeah. we think aren't successes, they're all learnings. Yeah. But girl, as well as expensive shit before it was, you know, a play and then it was a, you know, a short. These are, these are successes. They are, you know, they are so Aww. many learnings in there. So what's, what's been for you the trajectory? Like, how has it felt? Because I remember reading that, you know, your first day, because you write and direct girl. And... Yeah on the first day showing up as the director for this debut feature, 
almost feeling like, am I meant to be here? Is this for me? How many, how do you get through that? How have you kind of navigated that, that trajectory of going from, you know, making these things, acting, doing all of these things, writing, then directing, and then everything coming together as this culmination to bring you this beautiful work of art that this film is. But the whole time thinking, am I meant to be here? Do they know? Kalechi, it, it costs. Mm. It costs. There's no two ways about it. It costs to, to override that part of yourself that is um, fearful and feels like you shouldn't be there. And I mean, the way that I, yeah, I think the way that I do it is I focus on the work, but that doesn't mean that wading through that doubt not just the doubt that might come from you internally, but the doubt that comes externally mm. from externals as well. Like mm. wading through all of that costs. Um, but the way I navigate, what I use as my focal point is what I'm trying to make, what I'm trying to say. Mm. After you've made the work, then is the period of healing that you mm. have to go through. Because every, I don't know if this has to be the case, but it's certainly been in my experience that every piece I've made has felt like, a fight and a struggle. Um, maybe it's because of imposter syndrome. Maybe it's because I keep daring myself to, to be outside of my comfort zone. It means that I'm always pushing and that costs. Um, so I think for now I'm thinking, how can I make work without the pain? You know, how is that possible? I'd love that. I don't know how you feel about the creative process. I know it's hard, yeah. but does it have to be so painful. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It because it's even with self-tapes, like I was saying on this week's uh, podcast, the episode that came out today, you know, as we're recording this on a Monday for next Monday, I did a, um, I had to get some self-tapes done to send out to casting directors. And I just thought to myself, I hate this process. Like, mm -hmm. I hate this process. It feels mm -hmm. so arduous. Like, why does it, surely there's a better way for us to do mm -hmm. this thing that we're doing because mm -hmm. it does something to your soul each and every time. Like you put this mm -hmm. effort in, you record this thing, you send it out. Sometimes you don't even hear back. Like they, you don't, you're not yeah. even given the courtesy of like, rah, thanks, but no thanks. It's just like, well, it's discarded, but you've spent your day moving a camera around, albeit at an awkward angle, but you've done all of these things. And then to hear nothing, it's very, it's very taxing. But when you talk about us moving towards, and I love that you mentioned that, moving towards creating in a way that doesn't feel like so much pain, doesn't feel like so much struggle. This is why, you know, I was saying to you earlier that I decided to finish this podcast and finish it at the end of January because I feel like I've grown, I've evolved, I've, um, I've been reborn in certain ways to the extent that I do not believe now that I must suffer in this life in order to share with the world the expanse of my creativity. I don't believe yeah. that. So the next iteration of what I want to create, yes, it's going to be like, you know, like a private members area on my website, but it's so I can share the softer parts of me, the more tender mm -hmm. parts of me and not mm -hmm. leaving everything to just mindless consumption where people, mm -hmm. where people can only meet you as far as they've met themselves right so I'm making yeah. this video speaking about the things that are happening in society and somebody who hasn't done the learning hasn't done the introspection can just come and say whatever they like to me mm. and I've got to hold mm. that that's not mm. fair like it doesn't seem no. fair so social media done with podcast as it is now done with but I wanted to um share with people the amazingness that is you the brilliance that is you I'm so honored that I got to watch girl that I got to discuss 
girl with you because it really touched me. And, you know, I wanted to hone in on that a bit more because girl, it's a story that we look at and the protagonist is the mother and a daughter and their relationship is not rosy. But at the same time, you don't inflict us with trauma. How did you balance that? So this is, I mean, I feel like for me, the ask that I was asking myself in the making of Girl was quite a radical one because I said to myself, what does it mean to meditate on love in traumatic circumstances? And uh, and partly it was because of the way I'd grown up. Like it's in the silences that things shift. It's in the quiet that things shift, not always in the big, huge things. Mm. And actually transformation can only happen from a place of love, like real transformation. So that makes sense to me. If I wanted Grace, this young mother, to come to terms with the assault in her past, it, she needed to feel safe and she needed to do it in love. And it makes sense to me that it's the development of her daughter, who she loves so much, that precipitates the change that Grace has to go through. That stuff happens quietly. Mm -hmm. And the film is in two halves. The first half is that quiet meditation on just watching these two people navigate each other and the creeping changes. And then the second half of the film is sort of like an acceleration of once the change is set and then what happens. Um, so for me, you know, I just, uh, it feels like... Um, I was working through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, oh, and we share yeah. that, don't we? We share the healing. The, the, it yeah. felt like healing. I felt like I was watching healing. Oh, that's amazing to hear. And the thing is, when not all your work is for everybody. And it's like you saying you're moving on from the podcast into a more curated environment mm. for your creativity and your output. Girl feels like it speaks to a certain experience mm -hmm. of womanhood and motherhood and daughterhood and black femaleness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that the film is closed off to anybody else, but certainly as a black woman making it, there were certain things I was obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And part of that was like, I just wanted to watch. I just wanted to be close and be intimate with characters that I felt were partly me, partly people I knew that I'd grown up with, but I'd never seen on film. Mm. And yeah, that's, that was really important to me. And also the fact that, man, like we go through hell sometimes, but actually we come out of the other side because of the love of the people around us and the love that we can find in ourselves. That's revolutionary. That's Absolutely. transformative. Yeah. Revolutionary and transformative is exactly those words exactly because I feel like there's a, been a discomfort through the years when I've watched certain films or movies, whatever they may be, series where the mother daughter relationship is so rosy. And I know and I'm so glad for so many people that that's their experience. But then I wanted to see the films that that it's complex. You know, the, the kind of loving is complex and I'm, I'm grateful that you gifted us that. And then it wasn't just in the sense of, because another example I can think of is maybe something like um, Precious, right? <laughs> Where it is dealing with a, with, with a loveless mother or, you know, a mother that's been through things, but what's, and, you know, that was, you know, this person's experience in terms of Sapphire. That was her experience. I get it. But it was like, that's what we had. When, when it comes to black motherhood, it's this or the color purple or rare, 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 like that, that's it. So when yeah. people think about, about black motherhood, black daughterhood, that is what you're presenting to me. And that is not our mm. complete story. And I'm not saying that mm -hmm. this completes the story, but it definitely does fill in certain gaps. Right. Absolutely. Like, 
Fletcher, we have, we are a universe of stories as mm. black people. We can, t- you know, part of the problem is there's only one kind of story that has been perpetuated over and over again. And we are a myriad of stories. And I think that's really, and you know, when I was making the film, I kept struggling with this question because there's been, there's been this wave at the moment of making films and uh, television that center black joy. Mm. And I'm like, absolutely. That's one facet. But I make art because the world doesn't make sense to me. So that mm. means that I've got to grapple with things that are not pretty and they're not easy. But I, I definitely had to ask myself, what am I contributing to? Am I contributing to a legacy that frees us or a legacy that constricts us? And in the end, I had to base it on what it does for me, mm. what trying to make this film does for me. And, um, and that is ultimately um, to kind of uh, be released from demons. Yes, maybe. Oh, that's same, <laughs> same. You're just speaking my life, speaking my life. How has it felt? Um, I saw this post the other day that says um, that said sometimes when you've had a challenging childhood growing up, you give birth to a child that reminds you of yourself in so many ways and you see the opportunity to do for them what was not done for you and I feel that this is the journey that I'm on Lev my son reminds me of me in so many ways and I am honored that I get the opportunity to guide him in this life not instruct him or control him but to guide his journey and offer protections that weren't offered to me um how has motherhood thus far felt for you in your experience? Whoa, like we need a whole <laughs> chat on this, right? Like I remember saying uh, that if anybody asks me, should they have a child? The first question I'll ask them is how were you mothered? Mm. Because you no matter what intentions you have, that you're not going to repeat what your parents did, blah, blah, blah. Motherhood is in those first few years is so stressful that actually you fall back on what you know. It's like you fall back on instinct and your instinct by and large is guided by how you were brought up. Mm. So I had to have a real reckoning with myself. I'd done a lot of therapy before I had my child. Um, but certainly I found loads of things came up for me when Tanwa was first born, like loads of things about how I was brought up, how I was moved around a lot, a lot between the ages of zero and five, I was moved around a lot. And I remember thinking that actually I didn't know what stability looked like in a relationship with somebody that young. Um, and, and, but then that was also the moment where I made the promise to myself that no matter what, I would always be present, no matter what, I would always be present in this little person's life. So yeah, it's, it, mothering has been a real healing because it also it makes you think about your own mother. Yeah. And it makes me think about my own mother and the stresses and the pressures that she was under when I was born and the choices she made because of those pressures. And I can't be angry. Yes. I can't yes. be angry. Motherhood, doing it as as well as I hope I'm doing it so far, has yeah. taught me so much compassion. My yeah. God, at times it's felt painful. Like, wow, so this is the age I was at and I didn't get this and I didn't get that. But also thinking yeah. about who this human is that was yeah. kind of, you know, given you responsibility of looking after me. And what yeah. that means and, and what do you do when you're going through your things, but you have this child with so much spirit, so much perspective, so much, so much, right? Yeah. But not yeah. too much, but so much. And yeah. then you feel like for you, it's too much. 
like and and seeing yeah. where they're at and seeing how they in some ways try to make up for it now in certain regards and and what yes that all yes means, right yes and I'm so grateful that my mom is in my daughter's life mm. because I see her doing it's almost like she can mother in a way that she wasn't able to same. mother with me same. because she doesn't have the pressures. Yes. She just doesn't have the pressures in the same way. And so my daughter is getting the absolute best of my mother. And I think that is a wonderful thing. She can yeah. only be enriched by that. Yes. You know, when we talk about ancestry, this is what we're talking about. It's yeah. also about the big ones being the elders being part of our children's lives. So yes. yeah, but we can talk about, motherhood till the cows come home because I think one thing mothers aren't allowed to be is arbitrary or slightly ambivalent or yeah. you know or, or confused yeah. and you feel all those emotions yes as well as the deep love yes. you know you feel all of them and it's important that we're allowed to feel those things you know Definitely. Well, I hope that you come back when my new thing gets going so we can discuss all of this motherhood, being baby girls out here in the creative sphere. We get to discuss all of that, you know, in my next life of the content I decide to create next. But I'm so grateful to you for Girl. I want everybody to go out and see it. Um, thank uh, you thank you for making it's beautiful it, we we haven't touched on it enough but I don't want to eat into your time but my god Adura it's beautiful so many scenes I just wanted to pause it see if I could like snapshot it somehow <laughs> and frame it gorgeous like your yeah. vision just what you wrote and also what you gave to us on screen along with the um, cast and the crew thank you so much oh you don't know what that means to me because I wrote it for us. I made it for us. So that means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. And I will be around you, about you, everything on your journey forwards. And I, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Two slaps on your chest, Adura. A baby girl doing the things. Do you know how much I love that? To be able to write and direct your own movie. It's... Uh, it, and it's beautiful like I can't stress you stress to you enough I've been watching some really beautiful films recently so I can't wait for you to check out Girl it comes out 24th of November do go and watch it get involved talk about it tweet about it because it was nice to see that mother-daughter dynamic that black mother-daughter dynamic div, uh, like delivered in just such a poignant way so do go and check it out anyway let's jump to So You Mad what I was looking forward to a certain hawk-faced demon Gyal got fired from being Home Secretary last week and I was really laughing. But I feel like she also wanted to get fired because she wants to be able to run for party leader. She wants to be the leader of the Tories. And that's just very weird to me because of all the things. I would rather aspire to have like um, a rod that has been kind of um, a mess. No, let me not because I can get very graphic with it. Let me not. Anyway, it says here, Britain's beleaguered uh, Prime Minister uh, Rishi, Rishi Sunak carried out a dramatic cabinet reshuffle on Monday, firing his divisive Home Secretary and bringing back former Premier David Cameron to the heart of government after a seven-year absence from politics. And that's just really interesting to me because he wasn't even an MP at the time. Like, David Cameron wasn't even an MP. This is the stupid motherfucker. This is the stupid pig shagger. I said motherfucker, pig fucker. That... Um, that led us into Brexit 
that in the first place and then and then left that um dusty gal with the kitten heel shoe what's her name Teresa Tresemme to come and carry on the fuckery it's just been idiot after idiot the hardline Home Secretary Suella Braverman was fired early on Monday morning after making inflammatory comments about the policing of pro-Palestinian march uh, protests in central London over the weekend. That was last weekend. Her tenure was wrought with scandals and divisive remarks, which had long caused fractures in Sunak's government. Sunak then announced that he was bringing Cameron back to frontline politics as foreign secretary in a stunning move that has few parallels in recent British political history. Cameron served as prime minister from 2010 to 2016, resigning after Britain voted to leave the European Union in a referendum that he called. His premiership set the course of 13 years of conservative rule, but the self-inflicted chaos of the Brexit referendum and its aftermath um, threw his party into years of instability with um, from which it's still struggling to emerge and it will never emerge in the name of Jesus. Downing Street confirmed that James Cleverly, formerly the foreign secretary, will take over from Braverman, a shift that made space for Cameron's remarkable return to cabinet. Braverman, has served as Sunak's interior minister throughout his tenure in Downing Street, but her confrontational rhetoric towards migrants, protesters, the police, and even the homeless has caused rifts in the government and sparked speculation that she was uh, plotting a future leadership bid. She has most recently uh, courted uh, criticism by accusing London's police force of applying double standards in the way they manage protests in an op-ed in the Times of London newspaper condemning a pro-Palestinian march that Downing Street said had not been cleared by Sunak. On Saturday, far-right counter-protesters, no far-right pussyclarts, clashed with police in central London after Braverman called the pro-Palestinian demonstration a hate march, stoking tensions around a rally taking place on Remembrance Sunday. Braverman's comments comments on policing and her severe criticism of Saturday's pro-Palestinian rally were criticised by figures across the political spectrum. Um, Her departure from government comes as Sunak's party remains deeply unpopular among voters, with polls suggesting the Conservatives are drifting towards a potentially catastrophic electoral defeat next year. But that's why he's brought Cameron back, because he's hoping that the spirit of the pig that he's been sticking his penis inside at university or whenever that was, allegedly, that, um, you know, that will help them. I think so. It's called pork progress. That's what I that's what I've coined it, pork progress. Maybe I might call this episode that. Um, Sunak has apparently gambled that bringing Cameron back into the fold would project a stability that has been missing from Westminster for some time. But it risks deepening a view among large swaths of the um, public that the party has run out of ideas. I feel like Sunak will get taken out. I don't mean killed, but he'll get taken out. And then Cameron, can because can, can, can Cameron return as prime minister? Because it seems like the rules are, we can't even say like we know the rules anymore because people can just do what they want. So it is what it is. It says here, his return to cabinet is a staggering twist in an influential political career that had seemingly and abruptly ended seven years ago. Cameron returned to um, the Conservative Party to government in 2010 in a coalition with the centrist uh, Liberal Democrats, having repaired the Tories' then-broken image as an out-of-touch and antiquated political group. He melded liberal social policies, pushing his party to approve the legalisation of same-sex marriage with austere economics, 
drastically cutting back the budgets of Britain's public services and reducing the size of the state. But Cameron stepped down after unsuccessfully campaigning to remain in the EU. Oh, so he was a Remainer. His appointment as foreign secretary suggests that the Tories experiment with populism, which first flourished during the Brexit campaign and captured the heart of the party during the 10 years of Boris Johnson and Liz Truss, um, it has been ditched in the run up to next year's uh, general election. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like Cameron's going to take over from him. I feel like. That's what it, the powers that be, because Rishi doesn't really have any power. So whoever's controlling them law will be like, no, nah, let's bring Cameron back because he was like the last one that people kind of could tolerate and not say too much about. Boris was uh, useless. Theresa was useless. Liz Truss was, I feel like they're all useless, but the person in charge, the puppet master will be like, no, bring Cameron back first as, um, you know, foreign secretary, and then he's going to lead the party and you're going to fuck off Rishi. That's where I think it's headed. But I don't know because I'm not a political commentator like that. I just be seeing some things. Yeah, I just be seeing some things. Um, what else? Well, it's not just going downhill for Rishi Sunak and the Tories. It's also going downhill for a man known as Pethelius Didilus, also known as P. Diddy. <laughs> I love that. I hope the God God girlies are really seeing this. I hope that they're really watching because I saw over the last, uh, over the weekend, so many tweets about, wow, this psychic pre uh, predicted Diddy's downfall. This tarot reader specifically mentioned Diddy and said that something was going to happen for him in 2023. You see, you see, there you go. But I, I don't, I haven't looked at, I don't tend to look at celebrities charts like that. I try to mind my business, but it seems like big things are really happening for him in the worst way, because he's also got that whole thing with um, Suge Knight and Tupac and, and now Cassie's come forward, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning, assault and sex trafficking or people trafficking. Um, Sean Coombs has settled a lawsuit brought by Cassandra Ventura a day after she said he controlled and abused her for over 10 years. During that time, she said he uh, plied her with drugs, beat her and forced her to have sex with multiple male prostitutes while he watched and recorded. Coombs had denied the claims um, and well, this reminds us of Prince Andrew handing over a reported £12 million to stop a civil sex case. He denied claims by uh, Virginia Dufresne uh, that he sexually abused her when she was 17, which is a minor under US law. Men with power shouldn't be able to use money this way. This is what Lorraine King wrote who um, writes for The Mirror. But, oh, like, what's funny about Diddy, but not funny, ha-ha, but more, more funny, like, ugh, is that, for ages, people have been saying that he's a bit of a wrong one. Justin Bieber, Usher, like people, when people were like these musicians were entering the music industry, for some reason, he was made their sort of unofficial custodian. Why? Why are these 15 year olds, 13 year olds being put in Diddy's care? Where is everybody's royalties and give them back their masters? Like, this is why it's important to understand that what goes around does actually eventually come around. What goes around comes around. Even if it doesn't hit you, it can hit your descendants. It can. Sometimes people 
let me not even get into it. But I was just going to say, like, sometimes people are feeling the effects of somebody in their lineage who acted like a cunt. And you're the one getting the repercussions of that. Even if we look at that in a grand scale, the transatlantic slave trade, all of those things, even if you're feeling like you are privileged from whiteness currently, and, you know, this construct, this mechanism, you're cursed more so than privileged because it comes with so much horrid energy. So it's important for one's good, like for, for one's goodness or for one's projection, um, projection, progression spiritually to divest from white supremacy and to divest from whiteness and, and to eschew these narratives so as to break yourself free from that generational curse and that sort of, you know, yeah, that generational curse, that curse, that, that racialized, that curse that comes with being racialized in that way and the benefits that it affords you. Um, Megan, you know, the Megan that covered Megan's case, Megan Cuniff, right? Megan Cuniff says, Cassie settles sex trafficking lawsuits against Diddy one day after it's filed. Cassie says, I've decided to resolve this matter amicably on terms that I have some level of control. I want to thank my family, fans and lawyers for their unwavering support. Diddy, we have decided to resolve this matter amicably. I wish Cassie and her family all the best. Love. Cassie's lawyer, I'm very proud of Ms. Ventura for having the strength to go public with her lawsuit. She ought to be commended for doing so. Um, let me tell you something. Megan says the settlement comes so fast the ink has barely dried on today's LinkedIn post from Cassie's legal team announcing the lawsuit. Um, Meredith Firetog, what a name, said yesterday my colleagues Doug Douglas Wigdor, what, and Michael Willamine and I filed a lawsuit against Sean Coombs, she spelled his name wrong, and others on behalf of our brave client Cassandra spelled her name wrong. How are you that what? Cassandra Ventura. I'm so honored to represent this woman who has um, endured more than any human ever should and has used her resilience and strength to hold those responsible accountable. In the words of Audrey Lord, when we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard or welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Yes, I agree. But spell your client's name correctly. Um, Ventura was 19 and she was lured into a professional and sexual relationship by the then 37-year-old music mogul and president of the record label that the young performer signed with. This is why I say like this shit is weird. I'm 37 right now and I cannot imagine dating a 19-year-old. Like what is wrong with some of you men? What is wrong with you? I feel like after a certain age, fine. Once somebody is like, I don't know, past 34, 32 you lot do what you're doing. But before that, before their brain has fully developed, I just think you're weirdos and I think you're nasty. Over the decade, Miss Ventura was trapped in Mr. Coombs' vicious cycle of violence. She repeatedly tried to escape his hold, but was always dragged back to him, sometimes through threats to her career and other times with threats of violence towards Miss Ventura and others. Miss Ventura said, after years in silence and darkness, I'm finally ready to tell my story and to speak up on behalf of myself and for the benefit of other women who face violence and abuse in their relationships. With the expiration of New York's um, Adult Survivors Act fast approaching, it became clear that this was an opportunity to speak up about the trauma I have experienced and that I will be recovering from for the rest of my life. We are proud to stand with Miss Ventura 
in her pursuit of justice um while new statement from diddy's lawyer says um just so we're clear a decision to settle a lawsuit, especially in 2023, is in no way an admission of wrongdoing. Mr. Coombs' uh, decision... Oh, is that how they're all spelling it? I thought it was with two O's. So she didn't spell it incorrectly. I just thought it was with two O's. And Mr. Coombs' uh, decision to settle the lawsuit does not in any way undermine his flat-out denial of the claims. He's happy they got to a mutual settlement and wishes Ms. Ventura the best. Thank you. Shut the fuck up shut up 30 million dollars you paid her god i see what you're doing for others but don't do my own that way please <laughs> don't do my own by stepping on people's heads please no but i would not give people or anybody 30 million of my hard-earned dollars when i didn't do a thing so this is some bullshit. Same thing with um, that nonce, Andrew. Why 12 million if you didn't? Like, I just, even if somebody asked me for 100 pounds right now and said, Kalechi, if you don't give, like, I'm not even giving them the 100 pounds. What makes you think I'm going to give 30 fucking million for something I didn't do? Like, you absolutely did that shit. And more will come out because if they're talking about the expiration of that act and people being able to report um, historic um historic abuse more people are going to come out and those psychics said it that there are lines of people coming to deal with pedidelius diddy there are people who are coming to come and deal with shawnee sean sean of the combs of the of the afro combs they're coming to deal with him and it is what it is i'm glad that you're going to get you're going to get got in real time and it's not going to be your children that are going to be subjected to getting got for you um and I just thought that there was something weird with that fucking rollout that he was doing. All of a sudden, he was everywhere. Talk about love, love, love. Um, diddly love. Um, shut the hell up. Some of you wouldn't know. And Kim is flogging you from beyond the grave. <laughs> let me let you know that. Kim is dealing with you. And not even from a petty place. But the things that that Kim Porter woman went through. And it's just the way that violence against women by these men in the industry, the music industry, the film industry, the, just the industry that is patriarchy, the way that it's just so normalized is scary to me. It's disgusting. Like these women go through it and it's just like, oh, well, that's just part of the course. Like you'll start a, um, an initiative with a woman, you'll kick her out of the thing, you'll take over her page, you'll do this, you'll do that. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can just move on and do the next thing and, and be a great man. Yay! Scary, man. Scary. But I'm glad I was not involved in that rollout. God, see me, see wahala. Don't want to know. Um, so big up yourself, Cassie. I wanted to say that big up yourself because it couldn't have been easy. And I read that somewhere he was the one that wanted her to shave her head. And to be honest, that style did did look like something under duress. So I'm glad that you're free. I'm just glad that you're free, living your life with your boo, doing what you're doing um, and that you got your 30 million. I'm, there's no amount that can really be put on an experience such as that, but I'm glad that you at least got 30 mil. Um, anyway, let's move to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. Um, we've just got a quick update here. 
um, about Agnes Wanjiru and it says that that it seems like there's going to be some looking into the murder of Agnes Wanjiru and so those soldiers that thought that they got off lightly again what goes around comes the fuck back around I hope so um it's necessary it's necessary that something is said that something is um done so yeah I'm glad that, that as an update we should soon be hearing that the walls are closing in on the British soldier that did what he did to Agnes Wanjiru Then I read this Well it was sent to me And I think it's so interesting It says here 15 government departments Have been monitoring The social media activity Of potential critics And compiling secret files In order to block them From speaking at public events The observer can reveal Under the guidelines Issued in each department Including the departments Of health, culture, media and sport And environment, food And rural affairs Officials are advised To check experts Twitter, Facebook, Instagram And LinkedIn accounts They're also told To conduct Google searches On those individuals Using specific terms Such as criticism Of government Or prime minister The guidelines are designed to prevent anyone who has criticised the government in the previous three to five years from speaking at government organised conferences and other events. In September, The Observer revealed how three early childhood education experts discovered that the Department for Education tried to cancel invitations for them to speak at government-funded events because they were judged to have been critical of government policy. Many more education experts and school staff have since uncovered files of their critical social media posts held by the department. However, it has now uh, become clear that the practice is widespread across government and is probably targeting large numbers of individuals. The scale of the monitoring was uncovered by human rights experts at law firm Lee Day and shared with The Observer. The revelations will be hugely embarrassing for a conservative party that regularly claims to champion free speech and has slammed experts and, and has slammed universities for allowing students to know platform experts with whom they disagree. Um, Tessa Gregory, partner at Lee Day, who is pursuing legal action against the government on behalf of at least two experts, said this is likely to have impacted large numbers of individuals, many of whom um, won't know civil servants hold secret files on them. Such practices are extremely dangerous. Gregory maintains that these hidden checks are unlawful, running contrary to data protection laws and potentially breaching equality and human rights legislation. Um Dan Cachetta Cachetta is um, a chemical weapons expert and he was disinvited in April from giving a keynote speech at a UK defence conference after officials found social media posts criticising Tory ministers and government immigration policy. He told The Observer this weekend that he knows of 12 others who have uncovered evidence of similar government blacklisting a blacklisting, most of whom are frightened of speaking out. But he said far more will be unaware they ever failed secret vetting. He said the full extent of this is shocking and probably not fully known. I was lucky enough to give to be given clear cut, obvious evidence. It's truly awful. Um Kasheta hired Lee Day to take the government to judicial review, prompting the disclosure of evidence on its surveillance policies and finally a confirmation in August that 15 departments had withdrawn these guidelines pending a cabinet office review. He received a public apology in July. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. There's so much to it. You can read the article. It's on The Guardian or it's in The Guardian on their website. 
I find it really interesting because it focuses a lot. That piece, that um, article focuses a lot on um, the Conservative Party, the Tories. And while I agree, I feel like it's important for me to reiterate again that it's not just the Tories. Like the Labour Party did that to me. And I'll say that now because why not? The podcast is coming to an end for me to go and do my other things that I wanted to do. But to think that a, a, a party that's meant to be socialist in its kind of um, foundations could do that is really wild to me. So I was meant to speak at the Labour Party conference in October, just gone. And then um, I'd been asked. I was just like, yeah, sure, fine. Because you know me, I'm going to say my things in it. So I was just like, yeah, I'll come through. And um, was even going to go to, um, what is it, uh, Dawn Butler's um, party, her Jamaican party that she has in Liverpool um, annually uh, for the conference. So it was a whole thing. I was going to do the live show at Peckham Playground. And after finishing the live show at Peckham Playground, I was going to head over to Liverpool to go and do this and I don't even think that they were covering my accommodation or travel they weren't covering something but I was just like let me go Sha let me just go and you know be part of this conversation then I made that video about Lucy Letby and I was talking about the fact that like you know this happened that happened white supremacy the myth of white feminine purity uh, what's his name Dan Pussyclart and um, Quasi Pussyclart they did what they needed to do. Their family members, that's why their last names are both Pussy Club. Um, They did what they needed to do. But imagine my shock that the party that's meant to be the opposition when, oh, but it sounds like Kelechi's criticizing um, what is being done, you know, for the in terms of the health minister and things like that. So for that reason, they were even, there was another thing where I was meant to have a meeting with them because they wanted me to help them or consult with them on something. And usually they don't pay for these things because they don't want to spend money on that. So they had a meeting that was in my diary that, oh, um, can we speak, can we uh, meet, um, do a virtual meeting to speak about what this uh, minister's kind of campaign rare 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 for you to give us your insight so that goes into my diary then suddenly I get an email and they're like oh um sorry we've um due to un- due to unfortunate circumstances or whatever however they phrase it, it's in my inbox we um we need to cancel this meeting I just wrote back of course so I feel like I need to say that because this is a party that I've even tried to help And because I was speaking rightfully about the fuck shit that's happening, and we're even seeing it now, like the Labour MPs that decided to abstain from um, voting for a ceasefire and people who flat out voted against a ceasefire, black MPs even, it's disgusting. And you needed to do that because you you, you want to hold a shadow cabinet position. You want, you, you hope one day to be part, like, let's all be fucking for real. Is this the kind of party that you want to be affiliated with? I don't know. I don't even have a solution to offer. I'm just saying that it's wild. And from then I was just like, this is mad. So because you've seen my social or you've seen this post, you're doing this. I've known for a long time that I'm down on some list. So if anybody wants to represent me, come and represent me and go and get the Freedom of Information Act, whatever you need to do and go and get all of those files because I want the proof. I want the proof right there and then. But I know that that's the case. Also, it's the, who else did that to me? Well, we know about um, that 
daytime morning show, whatever, whatever. We we know about that one. But yeah, again, the mayor's office, the mayor's office being told time and time again, yeah, he's aware of who you are, but you are really sort of mm, on social media. So why should any of these people have my support? If I now wanted to encourage anarchy, what would happen? Because for saying things that need to be said in the way that I choose to say them, because we, I don't have to speak in you lot's way. I don't. That means that I can be blocked out. That is extremely wild to me. So I just wanted to point that out, that it's fucked that the Conservative Party are doing this, but it's also fucked that the Labour Party are doing this and they're doing it to me as a black woman who's just calling out things the way that she sees them. But they'll want to talk about, oh, come and consult with us on the Race Equality Act and whatever else that they're doing and the race report, whatever the case may be. It's sad. It's really sad. And I read that and I thought... (laughs) You know, and also edge of here. That's why I wrote Councilwoman, because we know that we're being surveilled. We know all of the time you're just trying to do what's, what you feel is best for your community and call out the things that you need to call out. Meanwhile, people are writing your name on the list and saying, yeah, don't book her. Don't have her there. Don't have her there. Deloitte, although they're a private, they're a private firm, innit? Deloitte did that to me in 2021. I want to say 2021. It might have been end of 2020. But Deloitte booked me for a talk They were going to pay me a specific amount Then um, I found out That they went and did their searches on me And then they decided that they didn't want me to do the talk anymore But they knew that it was unjust That they went and did what this kind of search Or whatever they did Whatever they searched They knew that it was unjust for them to do that So they came back and said Oh we've decided to go in another direction With this um, event now Um, But we'll still pay the full fee You absolutely will And they did And they knew that they couldn't not pay the full fee That they'd agreed to Even without me doing the talk Because what they did to make come to that decision Spoke for itself And now we're seeing more things happening With um, more people speaking out In support of Palestine We're seeing Similar things happening So all I'm saying is that I've been through it with these people And I just want to say that Anybody that blocks me Or other people um, From opportunities Just because we're speaking out on things um, It will never be well with you And I really, really want you to Suck your mum until you can't take in any more air And then your heart explodes That's what I want for you Because it's it's nasty. It's nasty behavior. And that's all I've got to say about it. I'm going to my house. Anyway, I hope that you like my Kintsugi bowl. I'm really proud of it because from these broken pieces that are of these fragments or these ways in which the ways in which that life has tried to break, uh, break me, my healing journey is my kind of Kintsugi, putting myself back together with all of the gold sparkly bits, not being ashamed of my cracks, not being ashamed of my learnings. I will continue to strive. And I pray for that for all of those listening. Um, don't know what, how I feel about praying for the those uh, people who listen as hate listeners, but there are many of them who gives a damn. Anyway, I'm gone. Um, I've been Kelechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. Only a few more episodes to go. Anyway, I hope that you take care of yourself this week and I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace.
It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy, sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sippy, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you're mine, say you're mine